Welcome to Reading for Attention, the weekly podcast where me, Paul, and me bezzy mate Sarah chat about a recent book whilst drinking a carefully selected beverage. Now, why have we committed to reading a book every single week and talking about it in a public forum? Well, the same reason me and Sarah do anything in life, for attention. This meeting is being recorded. Is that what yours says? Yeah. Mine says recording in progress. No way. Yeah. <laughs> this meeting is being recorded. It's a bit snaky that because it's like if you were trying to record it sneakily, she's like, by the way, I know. this meeting is being recorded. That's just reminded us of a time when I was at my babysitter's house after school and mm-hmm. they had a TV upstairs in the daughter's bedroom and then the TV downstairs and it was on the same channel and it was a local channel and it was the <laughs> weather and a man was doing it downstairs and a woman was doing it upstairs, but it was the <gasps> same channel and it was terrestrial How? TV, like back in, I would say, the late 90s and I was running upstairs and then running back downstairs and then flicking the channels and I was like oh my god I thought it was the weirdest thing I'd ever experienced in my life but I don't get it how was that happening I don't know to this day I do not know I do not know anyway hi Sarah changes oh (laughs) hi that was funny I wish I hadn't cut you off (laughs) how are you doing this evening um good good yeah good how are you I'm good. Happy LGBTQ plus history month. Happy LGBTQ plus history month to you too. I've been at two events today. Have you? Online. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> oh, those of you who don't know, I'm on the I'm on the LGBTQ plus committee at work. <laughs> Are you gonna say those who don't know, I'm gay. <laughs> I'm a part of this community. Um, <laughs> and I went to a lunch and learn on oh, what was it? It was like Oh, it's had an impact. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I'm just trying to think of the title. It was from Paris is burning to hashtag drag race. And it was all about <gasps> how drag drag culture has become mainstream and what that means in society. And it was really good. And then, I did a module on that in uni. Oh, well, it was an academic. Was it Sam McBean? No, but I remember Sam McBean. Yeah. Fabulous. Remember the queer sex cult? No. It was like a program of events that was queer sexual cultures or something. And they called it the, sec- the queer sex cult. Me, oh, you and Holly Smelt went to one. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to one that was queer history. The importance of knowing Love your it. queer history through the ages. And it was three history academics talking about queerness. And Anyway, it was really good. Sounds it. Let's, should we just jump straight in? Let's jump straight in. Okay, so the drink this week... I'm happy with, but I'm not because okay. it's a cardamom and learn a new thing this friggin' week about cardamom, cardamom, <laughs> cardamom, cardamom. Well, when I was looking up the recipe, I was trying to find a cardamom drink and mm-hmm. there was this website and it kept talking about cardamom and I thought it was some American Karen being like, hey, I'm the cardamom. <laughs> <laughs> I love spices. Yeah, I'm just like so spicy. But, <laughs> but it's because it can either be cardamom or cardamom. But I always thought it was cardamom, which is yeah, what I've always too. called it. We didn't we didn't get to the bottom of it, did it? It can just be either. It's not it can one just be I, either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with cardamom because it comes. It's yeah. easier to say. Anyway, yeah. so cardamom, cardamom, because this book centers around a Palestinian-American protagonist. and But it's in New York. So I wanted New York meets the Middle East. I wasn't sure when I came up with the idea and it was quite a bit of work. So I had to buy cardamom pods that we're going to call Cardi P's from now on (laughs) and brew the vodka in it. And I think I did this a few days ago and then use use that in the drink. I couldn't I didn't want to buy a whole thing, a whole bottle of orange liqueur. So I bought orange gin and then I realized like vodka and gin. That's that's a recipe for disaster. Anyway. So that with lime juice and um, cranberry, and it's actually really delicious. And the problem is I put way too many Cardi B's, Cardi P's in. So if it was just a hint of Cardi P, I think it would be delicious, but it's really overpowering. But (laughs) it's much nicer than I thought. What about you? Uh, Well, obviously I've not got the drink, Paul. 
what have you done this time? Well, there was no Cardi P's to be found in Scotland and I went into so many shops. <laughs> My I, God. I almost took a picture today of the last shop that I tried of just the spot where they should be. So I've just got a Cosmo. Okay, well, fair enough. I, it's... I tried. Mm. Have you got a proper Cosmo? Did you use orange liqueur? I just got one that's out of a tin. Oh, right. Oh, I could have just done that. What was I thinking? <laughs> well, that's all the ingredients list. And I was like, pull. I know what ad sponsors are rolling in, but we're yet to cash those checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this week's book is You Exist Too Much by Zaina Arafat. And I'll just give you a little blurby lurby. So on a hot day in Bethlehem, a 12-year-old Palestinian-American girl is yelled at by a group of men outside the Church of the Nativity. She's exposed her legs in a biblical city, an act they deem forbidden, and their judgment will echo on her through adolescence. When our narrator finally admits to her mother that she is queer, her mother's response only intensifies a sense of shame. You exist too much, she tells her daughter. So this story is told in vignettes that flash between the US and the Middle East. So there's New York, where most of it's set, but it flashes back to Jordan, Lebanon, Palestine. And this debut novel traces the protagonist's progress from blushing teen to sought after DJ and aspiring writer. In Brooklyn, she moves into an apartment with her first serious girlfriend and tries to content herself with this relationship, but she soon has her longings. Um, and basically she has a love addiction. She gets obsessed with people who are completely unattainable and that's what makes them obsession worthy. Um, she ends up getting treated for this love addiction and she goes back into a treatment center. She's had anorexia in the past, so she's been there before. So a lot of it is set in this treatment center. Lots of trauma, lots of culture clashes. The mother who kind of seemingly disowns her because of her bisexual identity and yeah, it's basically, well, it says it's a captivating story charting two of our most intense longings for love and a place to call home. So, Sarah, what did you think? <laughs> um, I don't think I liked it very much. Knew that was coming. Did you? Yep, I knew it was coming. Hit me with why. Well, she she says throughout that it's all about her existing in these liminal spaces. So between the sort of binary of gay and straight and between, she says that she's, when she's in America, she's not American enough. When she's in Palestine, she's not Palestinian enough. And I do think the book succeeds in making us exist in those sort of liminal spaces as well. But I just, uh, and I know I always bark on about this, but I just didn't like her. And and I've said so many times that you don't need to be likable or you don't need to be, you don't need to do good things to be a likable character. But she just, so that she's unnamed the um, narrator. Which I did not notice until, until I read <laughs> it after. <laughs> oh, because it doesn't matter, does it? You can still be as entirely self-absorbed as she is and like her name was the last on our list of priorities yeah. with her because everything else was first and deliberate choice though surely obviously I didn't notice but now that I've had a chance to reflect an unnamed person not knowing where their identity is in the world yeah yeah, yeah. and I really appreciate that message and I think it's a message that should be told more uh, should be given more and and I do generally like these types of stories especially stories that center around people trying to figure out who they love and why their love is different to other types of love that we see and, and what kind of experiences have led to that point. But she just, I just found absolutely nothing sympathetic with her at all. And like, it's told in a first person narrative. And so we see a lot of her, well, we see all of her actions and she recognizes that a lot of them are really shitty and she takes accountability for them. And she kind of apologizes to other characters that she wrongs. She apologizes in the way that people should apologize, which is without excuse and without any kind of rationing and just takes full accountability. And is like, I've upset you. I'm sorry about that. But we don't, we don't get the why she does it. And I know that it's, I know that she's got 
um well she she had an eating disorder and she's a lub a lub <laughs> and she's a lub that's what she is a lub ah. <laughs> a she's a lub lob. obsessive what is the what would love addict love addict she's obsessed with the idea yeah love addict yeah but as in a clinical thing like, i think a, so i think like you know, sex, sex addict love addict i think my mom doesn't oh. believe in sex addicts <laughs> she just thinks it's men who just want their dick in everyone which you know it's one in so the that same is the definition <laughs> exactly she's like why have they like pathologized it that's really annoying because now they can get sympathy <laughs> <laughs> She's a, she's a love addict. And so these kind of ob, like obsessive and controlling traits, uh, like I understand. Um, so there doesn't necessarily need to be an explanation as to why she does these things. But it's her it's her story. It's her point of view. So um, I was trying to give her room. I was thinking, OK, we're going to get the explanation. And part of the explanation and she does draw these parallels a little bit is with the relationship that she has with her mother who's incredibly abusive and narcissistic and a terrible woman on all accounts but she never she never just digs any deeper into that and that just frustrated me so much because it felt like we were on the cusp of something the entire time but it sounds like I'm trying to say I wanted to get out of this liminal space which I suppose that I am and I suppose that's the whole point is that she's she's just trying to find comfort in existing in that space and I'm like we must get out but she doesn't seem to want to do any of the work involved in recovering from these addictions she just carries on like messing up and then and then not really doing any of doing any of the work that's very like um therapist speech Mm. but she doesn't yeah (laughs) What I just did found you... it so unlikable. Yeah. What did you think of this, the title of the book, You Exist Too Much? A mom says to her, mm-hmm. it's almost like you, you, well, yeah, tell me what you thought of that phrase. Kind of told me from immediately that she was going to be a real, like, overthinker. That's, that is underselling it a lot. She feels things too hard. Yeah, she just, she does exist too much. She's really, like, every... This is, I think this is where the frustration maybe comes from is that every action is analyzed, but with no sort of resolution. We just get this excruciating retelling of the same instances over and over again. And her recognizing that she's repeating these mistakes and, and she knows that they're wrong. And she, and, but, and that, and that is excruciating the amount of time spent on that. But then no, no, not resolution but just no change it's the man the the saying what the mantra that she kind of repeats after she's been to that clinic that's like insanity what insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results yeah oh, this book's sending me fucking insane <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah so it's funny because I feel like we've read a few I like what you said there about a character can can still do bad things and be likable because I think in the past we've discussed characters as likable and unlikable and sometimes they can be unlikable but I think you're actually right it's not that they can be unlikable it's that they can do bad things and you can still like them mm-hmm. and because if you think about absorbed and boy parts we're now on to the third book this year of a quote-unquote unlikable female protagonist yeah who does all kinds of bad things and the parallels between boy parts, just on a surface level, we've got another young woman with an eating disorder who is unsympathetic in lots of ways, problematic, who doesn't really live a life in the way that's best for her. So what do you think the difference is between Irina from boy parts and unnamed protagonist from You Exist Too Much? Why do you think we were on her side even though she was she was arguably well not even arguably I'd say Arena was worse than this protagonist way worse way worse than that what do you think that was humor humor Arena yeah Arena was funny and she just was not funny no there was absolutely no there wasn't even a point where I went here you go yeah blow expel some air out of your nostrils yeah there wasn't a single moment of that I think that's a good point. And I also think that perhaps this protagonist, which is weird, I don't know why this matters, but 
because Irina didn't seem to give a shit, like there was a bit of, there was a lot of nihilism with Irina that somehow mm-hmm. allowed me as a reader to be like, well, she doesn't care. So it's fine. I'll just appreciate her for what she is, which is a funny psychopath. Whereas I think you're right. It was difficult reading this character because they weren't okay with their decisions. Even though, like you say, I think that that's the point of the book is that she couldn't find a place in the world and she was looking in all of the wrong places because she wasn't getting the fulfillment from her family or from where she lived or what she did. Um, my, I, if, if, you know, I read the book and was like, yeah, um, enjoyed that to a degree. My yeah. biggest issue with it was more of a structural stylistic choice which was and I think I've realized I don't know if it's because before this podcast I used to read a lot of YA and we're actually reading the YA next week and mm-hmm. often it's written in first person present it's all about what is happening here and now how your skin feels how your penis feels like everything <laughs> is just purely in the moment all the time yeah. of like the most exaggerated form of it which is what teenagers do they just live in the moment and think that Mm -hmm. all that matters is what's happened to them right now but in this book this character was looking back a lot and I get that that was another big point of the book was to look back and juxtapose New York with Jordan or Palestine Mm -hmm. to juxtapose her queer identity in New York with her repressed identity Mm -hmm. when she was a child like the sexism and the queer phobia that she's experienced but it did mean that we were getting her reflections all the time rather than living in the moment so and I found that a bit difficult to read sometimes like I was enjoying I was getting into the institution that she was in like it was a bit girl interrupted vibes and I was like oh great but then we'd only be there for a little while and then it would be and then this happened in the past and she would and because you already knew that had happened and had obviously finished because we're in the present now in this institution so whatever story she's talking about we know where it ends up because she's going to end up in this institution so exactly I I was like and, and we heard about lots of problematic relationships and stuff and I was like well we all know how this ends because she's in she's a mental in the asylum <laughs> yeah yeah it, I don't know it was a bit it like um it was a bit like a memoir wasn't it but the memoir of a person that I wasn't bothered about yeah and I think there were potentially a few too many examples of the past I think that some stories for example towards the end she's actually out of the what, what's the correct term for it? I'm saying institution rehab no clinic clinic let's say clinic so she's out of the clinic and then she starts another silly relationship with a horrible man and it's again it's making the point that she's repeating these behaviors she has nothing's resolved because for lots of reasons particularly her mother but I was like oh here we go again and it was like a flash in the pan or it read like a flash in the pan romance I think she's actually with him for a year but it was Mm -hmm. over in 20 pages it's it's quite a short book really I think it's fewer than 300 pages Mm -hmm. and my problem was I wanted I wanted her to focus more on fewer events so really with the mother she tells her about her partner or something at the beginning and the mother storms out the restaurant really dramatic I was totally into that I love drama but then their relationship didn't really change it kind of stagnated until near the end of the book where a few things happen again and I was most interested and I think the reason that we chose this book was because it was queer and it was going to talk about being a queer Palestinian woman yeah. and it didn't really dig into that I wanted to know more about why her mother felt like that I wanted to learn I wanted like and I, I never fully I think there was times when they tried to make the mother sympathetic and I, I wasn't quite there but I wasn't fully on the daughter's side either um mm-hmm. the relationship with Anna at the beginning I thought was set up to be the relationship the, the relationship book. and yeah. it wasn't yeah so I, I mean I don't know if is it supposed to be an uncomfortable read like these things shouldn't be resolved and they're not resolved but I I don't have to enjoy a book because everything's happy but yeah no I know what you mean and I wonder I wondered as well if I was missing the overall point that we aren't supposed to find a comfortable place and none of these it feels like a lot of a lot of different strands of this story were started dropped picked back up and is maybe is that the point she has to shift through it but then it just didn't it just didn't quite get to it just didn't quite grasp that if that was the aim if that was the intention it just left me I didn't sympathize with her I just felt frustrated with her and and that would work better if it was in a different narrative but in a first person narrative 
I'm supposed to just be on her side. There was just no, at the end, I was just kind of like, well, you've been to this facility and, and, and maybe it is what happens in the very end that really like hammered it home that it just felt like the writer didn't really know what was going on the whole time. It was like, I'll just start this thread of the story now and see where this goes. And it was like, if it was trying to make a bigger point, it missed it with that ending. Yeah. So you don't believe that she's going to stop the behaviors, but Mm-mm. again, is that the point? Yeah, well, it might be, but that sh- I think that should be a certainty by the end. I should know that information about her. I think the I think overwhelmingly, it's a story about a woman who is trying, but ultimately just cannot figure out who she is or what she wants, and that is readable to an extent. But then there needs to be the aha moment where the reader either thinks. I know what direction this is going in, whether or not you do, or I am absolutely fine with you making these decisions because it's entertaining either way. And it just sort of fell between the those two space. It felt well. This is um, this is what I mean is that meant to be the greater point, but like if it was, it just wasn't. It just wasn't enough of either or. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think and right, let's talk about some positive things because obviously we've absolutely slammed it. It was. Mm. I, I read most of it in one day. There wasn't there wasn't a point where I thought I don't want to be reading this anymore. Like I was I was very happy to read it. My favorite subplot, well, it's not even a subplot. It was the main plot for a little bit. Was the professor that should became love addicted to? Oh yeah. It so it it wasn't funny in the way that it was written, but she she basically just gets obsessed with these people in positions of power who are probably not queer or not openly queer and are married and mm-hmm. things and that just sets off this addiction in her and she just wants she's just obsessed with them and she kept emailing this professor and like meeting her for coffee and stuff and and they never end up shagging but I did I liked that I like that that felt more I quite like chaos and that felt a bit chaotic like yeah. god this woman's a mess like I love her uh, but again it just didn't it wasn't enough it of the story off. there were so many subplots and so many different things that none of them took off maybe that was it maybe it was this like it was these attempts at chaos the, I, I just didn't really believe her as a character because you would get these really self-destructive side plots and you'd be like oh if this is who you really are I'm fine with that let's do that then mm. but then she would really pull it back and it would be all about control again and maybe maybe it's just because I've don't have the same life experiences as it but there were usually I mean the whole point really of literature is that you get to experience them regardless of whether or not you've had them mm-hmm. um my favorite subplot was just the brief there was a chapter where the introduction was all about her mum and her mum's yeah. journey up until that sort of oh yeah I, that. I loved that I would have much preferred a story from the mum's perspective yeah yeah, I, that was Alexa's talking to me. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that was a really, really good part of the book. I think there were so many times when it felt like, oh, it's a new book again. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't coherent in or cohesive. It wasn't cohesive in lots of ways. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think her, yeah, go on. her writing style was really, really impressive in areas like that the ability to just convince you and it did that you were just reading about a completely new character in a different story in a different timeline was really effective. Like when I was reading about Layla, I was like, oh whoever this is, I, I, yeah, I'll I'll follow her now. I don't mind. Um and there wasn't too much sort of setting description really, which would have maybe been nice but the moments of descriptive imagery that there were were I thought were really beautiful there were some moments that yeah were just quite sharp and but also like smooth (laughs) sharp and smooth liminal (laughs) (laughs) one of the bits that did make me laugh it was only really one line but Mm. when I think Anna who's just been treated like shit by this woman finally gets to a point where she's like you know what fuck you and she's like, I never found Anna more attractive in that moment. <laughs> and it wasn't, I don't know if it just wasn't self-conscious enough. It wasn't as if I didn't feel like the author was writing that as a joke, but I took it as a joke. That yes, exactly. It wasn't self-conscious enough. That it was too been... serious. Yeah. 
that would have made it mm. if she'd have been like oh here i am doing this stupid shit again oh well she's fit yeah i would have i would have loved that so much more and i think absorbed was a great example of that when we were talking about how i think the the author was winking at us when they were saying since i absorbed owen but mm-hmm. the protagonist was extremely serious and absorbed like the protagonist wasn't funny but the way that the author kind of we were in on the joke with the author about this character whereas it didn't feel like that here it felt like everything she did must be taken really seriously and it was just a bit of a drag after a while and I think you're right Mm -hmm. about the mother because I mean have you ever come across like reddit and youtube booktube stuff where people's people got that really random book triggers and they're like I won't read a book that includes well I guess something like abuse some people just wouldn't want to read a book that's got abuse in it right I think one of mine is is really toxic parent-child relationships especially when it comes to queerness because it's not that it triggers me but I'm just like oh this old chestnut like I I can't be asked to try and sympathize with a parent who doesn't like queer people because of their religion or because they're a bigot I'm just like oh right okay I I don't want to even I don't want her to even waste the energy trying to convince her so there was a bit of that going on the bad mother trope Mm. it's so easy to to write an evil mother it's so easy and then that's and then that's it that's your the character's villain origin story is my mum's an arsehole yeah, and then I'm looking to replace my mother with other older women in positions of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean, it might, it's probably just coming down to personal taste. Obviously, this book has done very well and has got some really, really great reviews from different publications. I just wanted more. I wanted more of the culture, of the culture clash. I wanted, I don't know, mo- just more intensity, more humor. Yeah, I just wanted more. Yeah, me too. It just seemed to fall short of sort of anything that it tried to do. And it and it tried to do a lot of things and it half succeeded really well at, at most of them. But I'd just, say more than half. Just, yeah. And that was what it was. It was like such a tease because it was yeah. some of them were just almost there. It was like, give me one more chapter. And then it was like, oh, we're back in the clinic or we're back in Jordan for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Or now we're going to talk about this random man who... I'm going to be with for a year, but I've just introduced him five pages ago. So you as a reader don't really care about him and he's going to be gone in 10 pages. So don't get too attached. And that's it as well. There's no real, for first person narrative, there was no explanation of feelings at any point, which Mm. is what I think maybe why it confused me so much because there was nothing, there was nothing really in terms of description of like space or place or anything. And then there was nothing really, in terms of how she was feeling in relation to any of the stuff that was going on around her, it was just sort of incident after incident with the same outcome. And like, which the- is which is exactly why that phrase of who is it? Who is it? Einstein's definition? <laughs> whose definition is it of insanity? The, yeah, I think it's Einstein. is it Einstein. That's embarrassing if it's not. Let me just Google it. <laughs> I think it might be Einstein's definition of insanity. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> oh, no, it oh, no. is. It is. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. So it's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that quote comes up at least three times. So what we would describe it is exactly that. So if that's what if that's what the author was going for, which clearly it was, then huge success. because <laughs> that's... Yeah, exactly. You've done your job. Yeah. But I just don't think it was. I just don't. It just if that was the case, it needed to be more of that then. <laughs> yeah. More insane. But yeah, I mean, it's. I think it would be one of those books where people, some people would probably read it and just love it, like everything yeah. about it. It it felt like, and I just, I just wasn't one of those people. Yeah, and also people who are reading this. I know we say the whole point of reading something is to get experience that you haven't had, but I'm pretty sure that people reading this as Middle Eastern American, whatever women, queer women who've yeah. had this experience with their family. And to know exactly the feelings that the protagonist is going through will and, and the representation of that is so important in and of itself. Like it's the it's mm-hmm. I want to read more books about that. It's, yes. it's not put me off that at all. Like I really want to read another one that's written in a different way. It was yeah. just something about this one that I wasn't like bumming. Me either. I think I would read something else by her. I definitely would. Because I would want to see if this is a memoir. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? The first, this is just 
pure guesswork, but I think probably <laughs> the first the first book that lots of people write is a lot about their own experiences and getting things out. Although we can't assume it's the first book she's written. It's the first book that's been published. But no, I would definitely read something by it as well. I, I had absolutely no problem with her writing. It was just the choices that she made, basically. And I'd be really intrigued to see what the next book is. Yeah, me is too. Written, is like, so. Yeah. So it won the Lambda Literary Award and was Roxanne Gay's favourite book of 2020. I'm sure there'll be something else coming from Zaina Arafat. And we will yeah. read it and we will talk about oh, it yeah. oh, on yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah. And when we do, I'll put less cardamom in me Cardi P, Cosme P. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarah, it's 2222. Have you noticed? Yeah, I have noticed. Buzz what, what did your co star say today? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Ah, oh, I nearly screenshot it because it's it's something about my heart being like an ox. You have the heart of an ox. Whoa. Cheers. Mine is... Oh. <laughs> Give people room to breathe. Sarah, I was meaning to tell you. I've been crowding you. <laughs> You've been fucking crowding us, <laughs> you have. Uh, so, use Sue Gray report, finally here. Leave it. I know. Did you watch any of the questions? What, what was it? The Prime Minister's question? MQs. Aye. Um, I just saw a tiny clip of Keir Starmer trying to be a Tory, so I turned it off again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Theresa May's burn? No. <laughs> it was class. So, oh, for a second, I thought you meant actual burn. I was like... No, oh. she, hadn't, she hadn't burnt herself getting a pizza at the like other Yeah. It was like... <laughs> a burn because uh so Boris did this half-hearted apology mm. that was not specific to him it was more I'm sorry for the things that have happened and then I'm sorry was, I got caught yeah th- that was it like after that he just started talking about well we got Brexit done don't you remember we got Brexit done I was like I thought not everyone the point that they hadn't got Brexit done oh well who cares at this point but then you know how <laughs> the speaker of the house or whatever who by the way has got like some sort of Lancashire accent uh yeah love I that think I know but they're not as good as the old guy John Burke what was he called Burko. John Burko. do you remember when yeah. Sally Burko went on Big Brother <laughs> but <laughs> Theresa May so so the guy goes Theresa May you know how they, they obviously like I don't know if like texting when like I, a karaoke yeah like a karaoke and they might bar. have a button <laughs> yeah like they put their names down yeah. um and he was like, Theresa May. And she stood up and she had this like rehearsed thing where she basically just was absolutely savage to Boris. It was really funny. Uh, I, I recommend it. Just pop it out get, the woodwork. Have you re- memorized a single quote from it? I more memorized the feeling I had when yeah. I watched it, which was just sheer joy. Even though, I mean, fuck Theresa May, she's an up as well. But it was yeah. just funny because she. Do you remember? Because the end of her tenure was just an absolute disaster. And then she it tries to give the speech and she's crying. <laughs> and But now she's obviously like, I don't have to yeah. deal with COVID. So then she just used that chance to be like, Boris, you're a dick. And it was good. <laughs> I, ra- I rated, it's the most I've ever rated Theresa May. So yeah, I'm a bit annoyed that we'll have to wait for the police one. Yeah, what was it? Nine investigations? I feel like it's 12. 12. Nine, nine of the 12 yeah oh god knows but yeah I, he just has no intention of leaving like he's very stalwart is that what I, mean? I don't i don't get that though why oh just because why would he man he's like fucking i love my life i'm rich knob mm. um, my one of the one of the best bits was that apparently <laughs> carrie simmons was having quite a nice dance at one of the parties oh. <laughs> and I'm picturing like Boris and all of them sitting around and she's in the middle like, with the cocktail like more <laughs> like, <laughs> like flashing yeah. them <laughs> they're like not now I'm trying to have a conversation <laughs> yeah it's like guys lockdown party <laughs> lockdown party <laughs> I'm pregnant <laughs> yeah I'm pregnant but I'm drinking oh no <laughs> <laughs> that, that well, cannot confirm nor deny whether she was mortal when she was prego. Yeah, I mean, it's just a farce in it, but now it seems to be changing. What I think is hilarious as well is just the way that that House of Commons functions. Why is it like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
why is it that we've got walked into some weird time warp where we've yeah. gone back to the 1600s and nowhere else in the world like it exists where it's that just... kind of behavior you know when we used to work together and we'd have those they were weekly but then they were made fortnightly meetings with the whole organization yeah Imagine if we just went in there and we all just sort of laid across like these benches and was going every time our man yeah. spoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if so weird. you were like, well, I think that we should have Friday afternoons off. And I was like, here, here, here. <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, the second you notice that Boris Johnson refers to all of the men on the front benches, the right honourable, and all of the women as just she, her, you can't unnotice it. Really? I was getting a bit confused mm. because I didn't realise that there was the honourable and the right honourable, but I don't know what that means. I think, sorry, that was such a loud gulp. Um, <laughs> I think right honourable is front benches and then just honourable is everyone else. Well, that's it. This is what I mean, right? How are we supposed think, to expect society to function when the place from whence it functions, I don't know what whence it- means, is like <laughs> fucking Hogwarts? and Obviously, people like Boris, who went to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, feel completely mm. at home in Hogwarts 2.0. The other thing I noticed was, which I don't think I've ever noticed before, I obviously do not watch politics a lot, <laughs> is when they agree, they just stand up. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to figure out what the difference between honourable and right honourable is. But yeah, when just, they just they just stand up like a penguin. Yeah. So I'm by side. That's so funny. what is that it's just shit I remember my friend's wedding my mom was mortal and (laughs) doing the speeches and it was like a pretty big wedding I'd say over 100 people and it was quite formal we're sitting around the tables and I was sitting on table with my mom and for some reason when they were doing the speeches every time they said raise a glass which obviously you have to do at the end of every speech my mom would stand up like a penguin like the mps with the glass it was almost like she was standing to attention i think it will and you know what she was standing for attention my mom i've got i get it from my mom so my mom wanted to show the whole room that she was fully invested in she was toasting the most the to- yeah she was the mosty toasty like and it was just hilarious like by the end standing up and obviously when you're at a wedding you get sat with people who you don't know and they just kept sort of looking at her <laughs> it was so funny letter oh that is class uh have you done anything attention seeking this week it's been quite hard because I'm well yesterday mm-hmm. was my first day back in the office since whenever the last time we weren't allowed to go to the office so definitely this the first time this year oh. and I was feeling giddy at the prospect of getting attention so it was great I was saying to all my colleagues like why can't I just feel like this every day I woke up like it was Christmas morning I was like oh my god to go into the office yeah but why would it obviously you know the answer that you give to people is I really get my energy from people but mine is I get to go into this office and just show off show off and make you all look at me Mm -hmm. and and I did I didn't do anything crazy but I just really had a fantastic time and you know, when you're working from home, you don't get to make people laugh. And if you do it in meetings, sometimes it's appropriate. Other times it's really not. Yeah. So you never know what to do. But in the office over lunch, eh, you can tell a joke. You can tell a couple of jokes, <laughs> get a laugh. Do a whole stand up routine. Yeah. Stand up routine off to the toilet. <laughs> I was going to say for a wank, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Just. Oh, yeah. I am jealous of that. Loved it. I'm going in tomorrow as well. And there's absolutely no reason oh. to go. I've just got meeting after meeting after meeting. But in between the meetings, I'm just going to run into the office and just do a little dance for marketing. Yes. Schmooze the crowd. Oh, yeah. Like what? leaning on people's desks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? Nah, nothing. There is no show on at work this week, so I've got the week off. So I've not had any op- opportunity to attention seek. Just devastating. Really annoying. All I've been doing is watching suits i can't stop watching suits paul it's and it's so problematic and it's about two white men who just are so arrogant and entitled and but i like it because everyone's fit 
there's a really solid formula to every episode and that is they get a case they're like we can win this and then they encounter a hiccup where the other lawyer who's usually suing them is like you can't win i've got this information on you and then one of the characters one of the two will just come through with a response and then they win the case and that's it and that's every single episode and i just cannot stop watching the 16 episodes a season each episode is an hour long and i'm on season four and i started on thursday holy shit balls i'm not going to bed because i just need more suits all of the time you've obviously found the winning formula because isn't that basically the same formula as the kardashians yes i know what works for me <laughs> mm. it's not good it's, it is giving me a bit of a god complex I'm swanning around work with my clip on tie thinking i'm harvey specter <laughs> sue the shit out of anyone that looks at me wrong i don't think you've had a job until you've had to wear a clip on tie (laughs) yeah sometimes i put my clip on tie when i get ready in the mornings well afternoons for work put my uniform on the radiator to heat it up and sometimes i forget to not put my clip on tie on the radiator and then when i put it on i like singe my neck (laughs) metal clip (laughs) Can I just give you a really small succession update? Yeah. My update uh-huh. is I still don't want to shag any of them, but oh, there's a really tall, lanky, weird boy who's done something quite devious in this episode. And all of a sudden I'm thinking he could be my love interest as I watch it. Okay. He's six foot that seven. Was... <gasps> what? I saw someone on Hinge the other day that was six foot nine. Is that possibly a bit too tall yeah 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 you'd have to like install you know like a pogo stick where you've got those things to stand Mm -hmm. on you'd have to install them on his knees (laughs) in other big big news which i just know that you're not going to be bothered about but i'm going to say it anyway rihanna is pregananant wow i liked the coat she was wearing i know i like that it was snowing and she had it unbuttoned she was like my baby does not care about snow because it'll be dripping in ice. Oh, did she say that? No, that was just that was just a riff from me. That was really good. That sounded like something that could be in one of our songs. What, what do you think she's going to call the baby? Freddie Fle- Freddie Fenty. <gasps> Fenty. Fenty. Or it's not going to be a normal name, though, is it? It's going to be maybe something no. like Tequila Fenty. I'd quite like to be called Tequila. It's a great name. Tequila Webb. Tequila Mockingbird. Ooh. That's a drag queen, a real drag queen. Tequila Webb. No, Tequila Mockingbird. Oh, right. <laughs> tequila Webb. <laughs> My name is so shit. <laughs> I love your name, though, because it's just, like if you went on Drag Race and called yourself Paul Webb, that's an instant winner. <laughs> You know, one time this guy that was trying to hit on us in a, in a club was trying to convince me that he was like, God, I'm sure there's a famous person called Paul Webb. <laughs> I hope not for their sake. Their career is over. I would have I'm to change my name. What would your celebrity name be? Sassy Hoptits. I don't know. <laughs> I would just want a name. Just Sarah. the one. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I got a big laugh at work the other day, Paul. Did you? Because basically we've all got different accounts and there's like a hundred Sarahs and they've all got Sarah initial, Sarah initial, Sarah initial. And I'm the later Sarah to be added to the workforce. And uh, I'm just Sarah. Um, One of the managers was opening my account and she was like across the foyer of the theatre. She was like, Sarah, you know, you're the only Sarah that doesn't have an initial. And I was like, yes, because I'm like share. And it was just... It was just all in the delivery pool. Mm. I don't know how it happened, but they were rolling. Everyone, everyone. And I did feel like fucking share. Should we talk about next week's book? Yeah, let's talk about next week's book. So, oh, sorry. Next week, Paul, we're going to be reading Jay's Gay Agenda by Jason June. Mm-hmm. The book is a young adult novel, which is our first YA um, so I'm really excited because YA is my favourite genre to read because they just talk about how they feel and shagging. And I've started this book and that does seem to be the theme. So I'm excited about it. 
I've not written a little bio because I just started reading it instead. But I was thinking in terms of a drink, I just Googled gay drinks. Yeah. Because it's about a guy who comes out. He's from, I just said I'm not going to give a bio, but here's here's one. Uh, he's from sort of a rural town in somewhere in America. Do you know where? Midwest or some shite. Yeah, somewhere like that. And then he comes out and that's pretty much his entire identity is him being gay. And fabulous. And and fabulous. He's a really great character so far. And he makes loads of lists and on his gay agenda is all of the firsts of being a gay man. So it's hold hands with another man. Or first of all, meet a gay man. Hold hands with man. Kiss man. See man's penis. Etc. And then get bummed. Um, and then he moves to Seattle where he's not the only gay in the village so I just googled gay drinks obviously Cosmo was right up there Mm -hmm. but then I saw a drink pool and this is still to this day my all-time favorite drink but it is impossible to find in bars because it's awful and it's notoriously bad in every sense of the word tell me more I'm excited we're going to be drinking an apple teeny. Oh, oh, oh. I think previously I've Googled gay drinks and apple teeny came up. And it was right after Cosmo. Was it? Yeah, apple teeny. What is it? I, the ones that I've drank before in my life, I've had like a handful when mm. I've gone into bars and seen them on the menu and been like, holy hell. I can't you know, you can get a glass though. What? <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> I've been at a bars and I've had a handful. <laughs> just just oh my God. slipping it out of your hands. I don't need the uh, Out of the bartender's hands. <laughs> yeah, just like... You just Lapping hands it, it over. <laughs> like, Thank you. <laughs> He's like, one sec, I've got to serve this person and Cosmo at the other end. He's got two hands, like serving two different <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that was a bar, just every bartender. Eco friendly bar. <laughs> yeah, and you can get some nice ones that are made with like cloudy apple juice and like lemon and like the trying to make it bougie. That's mm. not the apple teeny no, no, that no, no, I no. love. I want the I one want that I like lime is green. Neon. Ne- you mm-hmm. can so it's clear, you can see through it. Mm-hmm. What's that word? Because it's not clear because it's lime green. But anyway, you can see through it. It's it's neon green, translucent. And the only thing that I could think of that is that already is apple sours. So yeah. I googled apple sours martini and there is such a thing. So it's vodka, a lot of apple sours, which I'm excited about. It just looks just gorgeous. I can't wait to inhale hundreds of them. So we need maraschino cherries. Well, I'm obviously not going to be able to get them. No. Sour apple schnapps. Two tablespoons of vodka or gin. Tablespoons. Are they all right? Let's do two doubles mm-hmm. of vodka <laughs> and then a diet lemon lime carbonate. Oh, diet. Why has it got to be diet? Lemon lime carbonated beverage, which is lemonade in it. Oh, that's seven up. Yeah, Sprite in it. Yeah. So that's what we're doing, Paul. And I, honestly, I'm, I'm going to buy all of those ingredients because I will have them regularly. I cannot wait for an apple teeny. Mm-hmm. Right, well, brilliant. So I just want to say we know that this episode might have been a little bit glitchy, and that's because of my internet. And I'm not apologizing for it because wait no, why am I being weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, because this this service is free. And if you want it to be better, pay us. Yeah, yeah, pay us. And it's 15 episodes. So if you've listened to all 15, we know that a little glitching ain't gonna put you off and actually it kind of made sarah sound like a sexy robot so Did it? yeah yeah a little bit sexy robot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like alexa yeah alexa alexa is quite sexy she's oh god i've said her name to you now mm. <laughs> she, imagine she was like record. why thank you <laughs> i feel like she would let us try alexa you're sexy Oh, she said, okay, oh, here's no, content she... moderation. <laughs> All She's... right, then. I'll never give you a compliment again. 
<laughs> if you say to it, if you say to it, my friend has an Alexa TV thing, and you can just p- push a button on it and then go, Alexa, put suits on, and she just does it. Ooh. And then I was, when I, I was over at my friend's house, a couple of suits on. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pinstriped or navy. She comes out in tails. Why am I being a dad? <laughs> I like it. Um, and I was like, whoa, this is incredible. And then I went, Alexa, you're amazing. And then this chorus of like a hundred Alexas, it was petrifying. Went, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Just pay her a compliment. Say, say, Alexa, you're amazing. See what she does. Alexa, you're amazing. Oh my god, say a barbershop quartet. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for your feet. <laughs> Shall I right? Because we haven't had any emails since the fan. I'm gonna admit it. Please send emails. Oh, no. I know, but I'm gonna ask Alexa if she's got a book recommendation. Alexa, can you recommend a book? Oh, thank you for your from the Huh? Did you hear that? She recommended Jay's the agenda. Part two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've actually downloaded one called All I Want for Christmas is My Best Friend's. No, what's it called? I've actually downloaded one called All I Want for Christmas is My Best Friend's Boyfriend or something. It's another porn <laughs> one that I haven't. She went, reread your favorite, Mine Camp. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. It's bloody nonsense, as anything. <laughs> We're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> no, I can't even think it's funny. Right, on that <laughs> note. <laughs> That's it. That's it, use for another week. Gay's J agenda. That's really hard to say. I'm more <laughs> gay's J agenda. <laughs> Next week we'll have gay's J agenda and we'll be drinking appetinis out of our hands. <laughs> Holy shit, I had a double vodka and a single gin. Oh, don't listen, it's going to get pissed with you. I know, right, we need to go before we start licking the screen. Right, goodbye. Absolutely love your sexy robot. Love you, bye. Bye.